Welcome to a podcast from Hope Church Glasgow. For more about us, check out hopechurchglasgow.org. Hi, and thanks for joining me again for this second part of our pandemic perspectives. Uh, the title for this is Understanding the Times. And this is something that uh, Jesus actually expects us to do. And, and I want to just refer to two scriptures as we as we get going here. Uh, one is when Jesus is interacting with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, it's in a couple of Gospels, but in Matthew 16, 3, he's rebuking them because they can't interpret the signs of the times. Um, and, and yet they can see what the weather's doing by by what's happening in the sky. And I want to suggest to you that it, people who, who, if we end up uh, marinated in uh, religion and legalism, it's actually very difficult to comprehend what the signs of the times mean. Uh, and then the Old Testament reference for today for us is 1 Chronicles 12, 32, which talks about the sons of Issachar. And, and it's in a big list of different tribes and different uh, different people, family groups, who are responding to the season where Israel is about to make David king. So for a while he's been king over Judah only. And finally there's the realisation that it is time for him to be the king. And these guys, if you like, they see which way the wind is blowing. So it says the sons of Issachar were men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. 200 chiefs and all their kinsmen under their command. So what this points to is these were, these were smart guys. They understood what was going on. And it, from that accurate perception, they knew what to do. And that, that's why it's quite important that we interpret the times rightly. Uh, because if we do that well, well, we'll have a better steer on how we respond and what to do. If we, if we are blind to it or we interpret it the wrong way, we can we can go off on multiple rabbit trails. We can we can chase lost causes. We can be led a merry dance. And, and I have to say, I think the church has been led a merry dance too many times, uh, it, it, particularly in recent history. And and so we've not always been successful in our endeavours. Not that our heart has been bad, but our methodology and our targets have not always been the smartest or the wisest. So. It, Suffice to say, as we get into this, understanding the times, we live in unprecedented times. And uh, as a friend of mine said, the word unprecedented has been used an unprecedented amount of times. This this is a cataclysmic world event. And of course, such events that are global and affect so many people trigger the, the thinkers, the futurists, the prophets. They're trying to read the read the which way the wind is blowing they're trying to understand what this means for us and and if, as believers we we do the same and it's right that we we do the same uh, i'm just really really keen that our processing gets detached from media agenda uh, i i just feel like we jump too quickly to the agenda that the media serves up to us and I want to include social media and mainstream media, although I know they're not run by the same people. But but I think that the, the, the various agendas and information and misinformation can cause us to think the main issue is this, that or the other, and actually not dial into what 
God is doing and what God is saying. Um, and actually, I think we've seen that. I'm going to say it. Uh, the George Floyd event uh, now uh, in last year, the earlier part of the pandemic, where which triggered the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And I want to say right up front, I, I abhor racism and I think that uh, white supremacy is a, an awful, awful uh, ideology. However, what you saw was an event in America just pushed through mainstream media and everybody jumps and suddenly it becomes the issue of the moment in the middle of a, a pandemic that we're all struggling to come to terms with. And, and every church leader feels it's upon them to actually make a statement about this issue, which has become hot. And the reason it's become hot is because it's being fed to us through through the media, who I have to say have become really, really good at hitting the fear button and stirring things up and really, really good at achieving the agendas they set out to achieve. So you can see that. Right now, just even on the dear old auntie BBC has been feeding us on their website continuously uh, things that are very, very pro the LGBT agenda. Um, and, and so the, the media has got an agenda and it's not always including all perspectives. And the truth is, it's probably not always telling us the truth. And when you get into social media, it's actually really difficult to know what is true and what isn't there's there's some great stuff out there and there's some twisting of the facts and there's some inventing of whole new facts and so as believers and as churches we, we need to get our our news from holy spirit we need to get our agenda from the lord and not just allow the world around us to push the fear button in us and think oh we should respond to this or we this is the thing we've got to deal with right now that's kind of what i'm saying so it's so important on us to understand the times and then we will have a better comprehension on what we can do and, and in case you're wondering you know is he ever going to talk about conspiracy theories and uh, and the stuff like that is he ever going to declare his hand on whether we should we should have the jab or not well yeah i'll talk about that but not yet because i think that may be foremost in your mind, but I wonder why it is foremost in our minds or some of our minds. And so I want us to keep looking bigger picture. I want us to keep trying to get our anchor back into Scripture. So last time we looked at Psalm 2. And really the idea of that was just to illustrate there's always this swirling, there's this conspiring against the Lord and against his anointed. Uh, and and that God is not anxious about that. In fact, he laughs because he has installed his king. And his king is Jesus, and he is the king. Right now, he is the king, and he is the king over all of the kings. It says that in the beginning of Revelation 1, just reminds us he's the king over all the kings. So what can we see? What, what I want to do is just maybe go through some of the things that we're seeing that uh, we've got eyes to see. Uh, are happening in this day and age but and then I want to move it on uh, pr probably won't have time in this session to what what's God showing us what's God saying uh, and some uh, some I hope helpful views on the nature of the kingdom of God and what it is and what it isn't so signs of the times what are we seeing guys you, you, you'll be aware of some of this I'm aware of some of this 
So first of all, let's have a look at the world and then we'll have a quick look at the church. In the world, uh, we've obviously got this uh, potential, anyway, destabilizing of the economic environment with governments around the world racking up massive, massive debts. That will have, uh, I'm not an economist, I'm interested in economy and uh, economics, but that's going to have kickback that's going to that's going to bite us as time goes forward potential loss of jobs um, maybe financial instability we we do need to be aware of that and and uh, i think there's a certain amount of i want to use the word destabilizing of governments but governments not just racking up huge debts but they're being judged so often with the power of hindsight in terms of how they're managing this whole pandemic depending on your perspective some say they're just being manipulated by this by some global conspiracy um to get us all to take a jab to make much more of this pandemic than's really there some some just feel like poor souls how how are they surviving this they never got elected to do this and have a certain amount of admiration for their durability and some, as I said, are just judge, judging them with the power of hindsight. Well, they should have seen that. They should have acted sooner, quicker, differently to how they did. And then we wouldn't be in such a difficult place. What effect that's going to have politically, I don't know. But it's it's definitely all of that is out there. Uh, it's interesting, I think, how much we're seeing the exaltation of science to the place of guide and the place of saviour. I mean, that's kind of taking over Jesus's role, I know. But... You know, thank God for the vaccine. But actually, what we don't want to be is those who just see science as the saviour or science as our guide. Uh, the danger for that is it builds up the credibility of the scientific community to a point above and beyond uh, its pay grade, really, to make pronouncements perhaps on things that it, that it thinks it can but shouldn't be. Uh, and, and so I think that that strengthening of the hand of science is something to be aware of and to, to look at as we go forward. Um, of course, in the world, there's just this anxiety, low grade, low grade anxiety. It feels like it's present all the time. Uh, it's affecting mental health. It's affecting people's mood. The other thing that's happening, and I, and I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, is this challenge to modernity. If you define it, as friends of mine do, as fundamentally we're a people who can do what we want, go where we want, say what we want, believe what we want, uh, as an expression of the, of the modern culture, which I believe is rooted in the religion of uh, if you believe in yourself enough, you can do anything, then that's actually been massively challenged because we haven't been able to do what we want or go where we want. That then that's frustrated and shaken, and I think causing a questioning of modern culture uh, by those who are marinated in it. Um, uh, we probably just trusted touched on this, but there is a definite distrust in government which was already present, but I think is getting exaggerated and built up by. Uh, distrust in media and information which we've already mentioned because people don't know what's true uh, except Donald Trump was a baddie that was obviously true <laughs> just joking um, and 
in all of this, there's a sharpening of divisions, there's a higher level of polarization, and a, and as a result, a ruining of debate. It, so there's intolerance has grown in our society, and so political correctness being woke becomes really important. And if you say anything against the stream, perceived stream, then you're shot down, you're trolled. It, 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 it's what's happened to the realm of, of debate, what's happened... It, 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 and particularly social media has not helped this is people are saying still able to say what they want and often say it however they want and that that's not always fun to see and it means that things are polarized rather than different sides gaining understanding from one another on the plus side what we've seen is incredible uh, efforts by communities to support one another don't have to be faith communities just people uh, people in our street people in every street looking after some of the vulnerable, doing shopping and fantastic, sacrificing their freedoms, trying to keep the rules as best they can for the perceived common good. I mean, that, that, that's, that, that is freedom. That is an incredibly Christ-like thing to do. We've seen incredible endurance and the willingness of frontline health workers and carers, even teachers, potentially putting themselves at risk to care for us and wow that's amazing and, and we've applauded them and we celebrate them but my goodness what a what a quality to find in our society and it does demonstrate that that christ likeness the image of god is still inside humans and in crises it can pull, be pulled out to the fore and be seen and celebrated um we're also seeing an acceleration of the zero carbon economies uh, the, the uk government has shortened its goal so by 2030 there won't it'll be illegal to sell a petrol or diesel car um, and they're seeing this chance the economic chance to build back better and that means uh, greener economies uh, the other thing we're seeing on a positive i guess is the acceleration of digitization uh, uh, you know we've seen it for business we've seen it for society in general for shopping for for church for family gatherings and the business community is saying, well, the, the digital world, as it were, was used used to be a huge chunk of the business world. Now it's the very spine of it. It, it, it. It's relied upon, and that would be true for the Christian church too over the last 11, 12 months. Um, so that that these are observable things. You know, these are observable things, I think. Uh, what's What's observable in the church world? And this is from my own experience but also talking to other leaders now over months and months in different parts of the church different denominations and i'd say there's there's a, a broadly i've got three three categories one is the shaking out of nominalism one is the shaking out of consumerism and and thirdly is the exposing how much the world has got in the church and they're all kind of related but but there's definitely there's still a significant number of nominal church goers at the onset of the pandemic but what it's doing is really to continue as a living breathing christian through this pandemic has required a level of spiritual reality to keep soldiering on and to remain faithful to the lord etc but for those for whom just attending church was it uh, many of them are not engaging with the online offerings and, and could well just have disappeared from 
church life altogether by the time we come out of this. Um, so that shaking out of nominalism, in one sense, it's, it's a, a pity because in many uh, denominational churches, that those were, if you like, that was the pond to fish in for new believers. On the other hand, they were often the handbrake to progress in those churches. What we could see is massive steps forward in some churches now freed from that handbrake. That, that, that would actually be quite powerful in some settings. So that's that shaking out of consumerism in people's face. This is a deep and, and long-standing and, and has been a growing issue in the, just the church, the Western church in general. And what do I mean? Consumerism is, we live in a me-centered society. So what happens is people start to assess church and what it does for them, how it serves them, rather than their part seeing it as a body which they contribute to, which is the biblical model, is its family, its body, and actually you're there not just to assess it, not to be served by it, but to, to, but, but to contribute to the health of the body. And so therefore the thinking should be if the body's not healthy, my job is to help make it healthy rather than withdraw from it, criticise it, pull it down, etc. So this, this consumerism uh, has been affected because often churches are seen as pastoral communities and that's one of the things that's been hardest to do in a pandemic. It, it's actually still possible to teach. It's still possible to prophesy. It's to some degree, it's still possible to do missions. So we've done online alpha and people have got saved. We've been doing online prayer and some incredible healings have happened. And there are ways to do some of that. But actually, the pastoral side of it is, is more challenging um, through Zoom you do what you can and it's put more emphasis on the one anothering the care for one another serve one another which is the theme of new testament scripture is is if you like fundamentally the church pastors itself as it's equipped by those with pastoral gifts um so that that's actually it's shaken out that thing i think that consumerist idea uh, and uh, we've needed to find a robust faith and our own connection with the Lord. Uh, and I think as we come back to gathering in person, uh, I'm, I'm expecting us to be stronger, not not weaker uh, because of this. Uh, I think to some degree, this is my third point, is the world's culture has been shown up to be in the church more than we thought. So, you know, rerun some of the things we were saying before, but... Uh, for instance, um, someone posted a picture of them taking, I think it was uh, their their mom, elderly mom, for for a vaccine jab uh, on social media, and they were absolutely lambasted, like literal hate stuff from Christians. That's the world in the church. We're here. We're supposed to be modelling how we love one another. The reason that 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 the world will know that we're his is because we love one another. Uh, we're not doing too well at doing that on social media. Uh, we are le less tolerant, more opinionated, and that sort of divisive thing is creeping and has crept into the world and the, sorry, into the church and the way the church communicates with one another and to one another. We feel like we have the right to say what we want, and actually, that isn't true. We're urged to speak words and consider how to build one another up not how to just say what we want in a situation and the church of course the 
I, I don't want to sound too sub dismissive as of conspiracy theorists because I really want to honour people who are passionate for Jesus, doing their research, etc., etc. It's just a convenient way of summing up a mood. But that is also in the church. And that's kind of why where you get this sort of hate thing going on, uh, you know, towards someone's elderly mom having a vaccine. It's rooted in buying into some sort of conspiracy theory, which then produces this fruit of anger or hate or criticism. There's something wrong there. If that's the fruit, the root is bad. Um, and, and, and that's got bought into by Christians and by some of the church. And uh, of course, there's anxiety. We've all struggled with that. Uh, and yet we just want to keep growing in the fact that the Prince of Peace lives inside us. And, and I guess this, the danger is that we could polarise around different opinions about a pandemic and what it's for. And, and, and it's really, really important that we don't become intolerant and that we honour people's different views. And we even create an environment where it's possible to hear different sides of an argument because actually most of these things have some grain of truth in them that's why they have traction but if we just shut down so we can't hear one another we we really are in trouble um so that that's my take on church the world and it leaves us with uh, as we uh, as we have exit the exit is in view it feels like we're not quite on the off ramp of this pandemic motorway yet but it feels like the exit is in view um and it leaves us with some some big questions i think and, and we're going to come back to this next time but i just want to give you a few questions and, and then just share share another scripture with you um before we we stop on this one so here we go what's the questions what is the number one what is the church here to do what is our primary purpose? As our pastoral role has been a bit frustrated, it's, which I think is a purpose, but actually not the primary purpose. Um, it's good to, it gives us a chance to readdress and, and uh, the real purpose and the primary purpose of the church. Uh, secondly, how do we respond as believers to governments? How do we respond to governments with potentially untrustworthy agendas who are ne not necessarily reliable sources of information uh, in a world with fake news and it's struggling to know with confidence what is true. Uh, and, and we looked a little bit at that in big picture in uh, the, the first of this series on Psalm 2, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Number three, what is the potential of the digital world to further the gospel, improve discipleship, uh, change the world, if done wisely and carefully. What's the potential for the Christian church? And number four, what is the job of the Christian? We are in a fight. I think maybe this highlights it, this season highlights that, kind of shaking us maybe out of our comfort zone. We, we are in a fight. We are, in, in a sense, in a, in a struggle. I remember uh, Terry Virgo, famous Christian leader saying the Christian life isn't like a war it is one and we see that in Ephesians 6 but to fight the good fight it's very important to know where to engage the enemy uh, and what is what is the key what is it that we've got to fight where have we got to fight and how have we got to fight 
and uh, or are we just here to duck and cover and, and wait for better days? Uh, to be honest with you, I think this is a season shift, and I think we're in for some real ups and downs. We really need uh, to get the wake-up call of this pandemic and understand that we're here to fight a good fight. What we need to do is learn how to engage well, what the true battle is, and do a good job of engaging with it. And so I'm going to I'm going to close with this. Uh, so this is a, a verse out of Isaiah chapter eight, and uh, it's at eight verse twelve. And what is this is what it says: Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. And I think if there was a summary of what I am trying to say right now, it would be this scripture: Do not call conspiracy all that is called conspiracy by others and do not fear what everybody is fearing and do not be in dread because we have a king and we he is the king of the whole earth he's the king over all the kings but first and foremost he's the king over us and he's the king of the kingdom of god and he says that he's king over all things for the church so the church has a role to partner with the king of kings to bring his kingdom to bear in in powerful, significant influence on this earth. And we need to be better at doing that. And we need to define what that is much more carefully. So thanks for walking through all these things with me this time. And, and we're gonna we're gonna continue in part three. We're gonna start to look a little bit more uh, on the activity of the king in his kingdom and how we walk wisely. Uh, to be effective in this season. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or search Hope Church Glasgow on your favourite podcast player.